Today, my guest is Sean Anthony. He's aware of many hats, including author, podcaster, family man, volunteer, and storyteller. And today we thought we would just have a really real chat about our own struggles as caregivers and in our businesses as we're trying to help other caregivers and seniors. Have a listen. With that, I think we should get into it. (laughs) that's, That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? First of all, thank you so much for having me as a guest. From the time you mentioned this, I was super excited about it for a couple of reasons. You and I have known each other for a few years. The context that we know each other in is very relevant. And I'll, I'll let you do the talking on that. But And then at number three is anybody says your name and I go, oh, Amy, one of my favorite people. One of my well, favorite people. I appreciate that. I, the feeling is mutual. Yeah, I, well, I guess, you know, for our viewers, if anybody, if we decide to, you know, <laughs> put this out for our viewers, I'm speaking with Sean Anthony today, and uh, we had a whole show lined up for you, and we most likely will still do it, but we decided that we were just going to chat some real talk to you today because both of us are dealing with stuff in the sandwich generation, and it's hard for Sean and I to connect because we're chasing after each other because we equally love each other. We want to talk to each other, but our our families and our lives are so intertwined that, um, you know, it's really it can be really difficult to uh, to get a hold of people. And so, you know, Sean, thank you for joining me today. Um, I know that you're going through a lot. Maybe let's, you know, if you're up for being real with our folks here in our audience, let's be real for a bit. You know, hey. you know, what do you got going on in your life as a caregiver? I'm I'm only I'm only about being real. <laughs> I try as well, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, here we're gonna pull back the curtain and just have a chat. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm uh, first of all, I, I would say that uh uh when you when you talk about how busy we are. And uh, uh, with our careers, with our kids, and, and with our, our our elders, as making the the true sandwich parenting experience, uh, it's a blessing. First and foremost, it's a blessing. Uh, my sister lives in Toronto, and so do my parents, uh, Scarborough, actually. Uh, up until two or three years ago, and uh, maybe four or five actually now. And I'll tell you how it started. You, you know, I work with TaxWise. You know, I work with the disability community. And time and time again, I would see these couples come in, or sometimes it would be one person. And they would be near tears. And they would say the same thing over and over and over again. And that would be, we did everything right. We saved like we were supposed to save. We had our house. We had our kids. They moved out. And we knew we were going to have to downsize. We knew that time was coming. The driveway was getting more difficult. The lawn was getting more difficult. We knew, oh, well, maybe next year. Oh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. And then what would happen is one of the people would develop a condition. And it would often and sadly be very quick. It would be not be a slow, a slow gradual thing where, where, you know, well, now maybe we need to think about, you know, mobility is impaired or this is impaired or that's impaired. And all of a sudden they'd have to make these decisions right then and, and right there. And those decisions were often made and they were emotional decisions. And the company I work for, they're about tax implications. So we'd be 
sweeping that up afterwards, right? <laughs> because and by sweeping it up, and I'll, I'll give you this one example. And I, I told my parents this, and I don't ever want to say to anybody or, or my parents that I had pushed them to move to Ottawa. Yeah, I had pushed them to downsize because we had two young kids and we were paying for aftercare. Uh, the, the aftercare we were getting, I, I wasn't a big fan of, uh, not just financially. I just, you know, our kids in school for seven or eight hours that day. And then you leave them in for another hour and a half when they could be with people who love them more than anybody else. Right. And, and uh, I, I, I wasn't going to ask my parents to sell their house, leave everything they've known for the last 30 years and, and come to, to Ottawa. But I, I would share with them these stories. And, and the one story that I shared with them, uh, and anybody else will listen, not to motivate them to do something I want, but to make them understand, to see that, in fact, this is a reality that, that many Canadians find themselves in. There's a facility uh, on the 417, uh, just off of the 417 in Canada. And as you know, we, we do these tax literacy seminars. And this facility is not a necessarily an end of the road place. Uh, but, but if it's not, it's one step away from there. And, and most of the people who go there are the exact scenario of, of one of the many couples who came into our office somebody gets sick right now and they need a certain level of care that is beyond the hospital, but it's not at the hospice. Um, and, and, you know, there are some people who, who leave that place in good health, but, but for the most part, it's a long-term care facility to the point that uh, the keypad on the way out says, please enter current year. So that gives you an idea of, of the type of care they provide. We would give seminars there to the sons and daughters and the husbands and wives of people who were there. And we've done two or three. And to describe the audience, we'd have anywhere from seven people to 12. Uh, the word devastated comes to mind. The term shell-shocked comes to mind. All these things have happened to this person. They've had this continuous lifestyle with this other person for years and years and years and then boom it stops i remember the uh the executive director there lovely lovely person she was telling me that you know we we try to do everything we try to give the best care we can and then on the way out before that person leaves we sit down we do some administrative stuff and she said you know i'm a, I'm a social worker by trade so I'll sit down with this person and I'll say, okay, do you have everything you need? You know, your son, your daughter, are they around? Are they helping you or, or whatever? And she said this one person the day before had said to her, he said, you've given me everything physically I need and you've given her everything physically she needs. But I don't know what to do now because every day for the last 40 years, I've been sleeping with that person. And I'm supposed to go home now and and get into that bed and, and and do and she does the banking, she does this, she does like I, I'm not sure how to do those those things. 
And, and I shared that story with my parents and I'll share that story with anybody else who will listen. One of the seminars I did there at one point, what I would do after the seminar and, and knowing the amount of engagement you have, because these people are very distracted. And one of the things we try to do there is, I know you think you can't afford this and you probably you know, are in financial straits or whatever, but we can show you the tax implications that can help you out or, or, or whatever it is. We, we had Christine with us there most of the time and, and she would uh, uh, sit down one-on-one -on -one with most of the people there. And just this one man uh, we were talking to, this had happened and he just went, oh, I'm going to need this money. So he went to his bank account and cashed a very large amount of RRSPs. And just so that this is what you do. Your, your wife is sick. You go and you, you need money, you go get it, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't see, like, long story short, I think he had a, a CRA bill that year, well over $25,000, right? Excuse me, that's my, that's my producer, the dog. <laughs> we got a six-month-old puppy here who only likes to bark when I'm on the phone. <laughs> um, that's right. Um, but he had done what we hear so many people do, they had made these emotional decisions at a time when they needed somebody to, uh, um, to guide them through. And whether it's, you know, even a friend who isn't as emotionally attached to that person to, to help them through the, the whole downsizing idea isn't limited to picking up your things and and going to another place that doesn't have stairs um so all of a sudden my parents moved here and they went from having a house with stairs and a driveway uh and and a lawn to cut to a condominium in this beautiful seniors community uh down by hunt club and the parkway it's just off of mccarthy it's called the lansdowne uh, and and within it, there's, I think, two condo buildings, uh, probably about 30 to 50 bungalows, clearly made for seniors, and uh, one senior's residence home there. And um, they found community there, and they're very happy. And uh, they, man, they loved pre-pandemic. They loved picking up the kids every day. And they loved spoiling them with sugar. Uh, which I'd have to deal with after they left. Um, and then uh, uh, last January, well, last November, but really we found out the diagnosis uh, last January, my dad got sick. And uh, my dad uh, uh, has cancer and he's going through chemo and there's great resources here in Ottawa uh, uh, for that and everything is going well. But when we had scheduled our podcast originally, my dad usually has his chemo appointments in the afternoon, but it turned out this was going to be yesterday. I found out or the day before yesterday, I guess at late at night, I found out it was going to be in the morning. And I thought to myself, oh, what am I going to do? And then I thought this is the perfect place to have a podcast with Amy, who is talking to caregivers, who are talking to seniors. So I could show them. And literally, I had my laptop set up on my dashboard in front of... I, I sometimes go to a coffee shop that's that's not far from there. But yesterday, they decided to play music very loud, which wouldn't have worked out. But I said, okay, I'm going to park my car 
beside it and and have my laptop set up so they could see the baby seat in the back and the vacant seat beside me. And uh, we've been doing chemo. Uh, uh, I think this is his sixth round now. Uh, exceptional bravery on my father's part. Uh, I I was telling a friend of mine, you know, it's funny. They, they moved to Ottawa about uh, three or four years ago, as I mentioned. And friends had told me like, hey, how long has it been since you lived in the same city as them? And I said, "Well, it's been it's been twenty years almost." And somebody said, "Oh, you, you know, you're going to have to get to know them again. Like, I know you went back to Toronto on a regular basis. You're going to have to get to know them again." And I thought, "Oh no, 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 I already know mom and dad. You know, it's your mom and dad." But when you spend that much time with them, you realize that you, it's not getting to know them again. You're getting to know this version of them that's older well they're not the same person they were and when you say you're also getting to know them more so adult to adult right it's it's a very (laughs) different like give and take right because you you know 20 years ago you were still an adult but we're different adults now 20 years later right 100 percent it's it's both things it's not just i i'm getting to know them the person i knew uh before i left in 2002 i think it was was a lot different from the sean anthony you see in front of you Mm -hmm. right now right and they they are a lot different too so there was unconsciously not not by strategy but there was this new relationship that three people kind of engaged in Right. Uh, and it, it's been great, you know, um, and going back to uh, the blessing side of it, it, it's a couple fold. Um, when my dad was in Toronto, if he had a health issue, I was talking to my sister about this the other night and she said, I'm glad mom and dad are there. And I said, you, you are. And she said, yes, this way you're not phoning me nine times a day, bothering me. Uh, how's dad doing today? Is that how the test go? How'd this go? How'd that go? And uh, she she was joking, of course, uh, but but the other side of it is I, I've had this opportunity to to get to know them. Uh, the the new uh, the fifty year old Sean got to know the seventy five year old. By the way, this Saturday is my dad's seventy fifth birthday, so happy birthday, Dad! I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> It'll be belated by that point, but happy birthday! Um, and when this started, uh, a couple things happened as well. We're really covering a lot of stuff here, Amy. Uh, I really, my my dad said to me, he said, you know, there's there's people in the building who can give me a drive to chemo. And I didn't know anything about chemo then. Uh, what his reaction would be, how, how would, would he come out of the hospital sick, right? Uh, and I said, that's good. That's very kind of them. And we, we might have to take advantage of that. And we have some cousins here as well. I said, but if I'm free, that's my job. That's my job. Because there's uh, there's only a few jobs that we're born to do. And if we're fortunate enough to be mentors to children or parents or 
caregivers or aunts and uncles or whatever. That that's that's one job. I think we we all have a job of being uh, of being uh, uh, coaches to kids for sure. But if we have the opportunity, I think one of the other jobs we have is to be there for our parents in their senior years. You know, when things don't work so well, <laughs> right? And uh, I, I look at my time here as, you know, I, I really wanted to, uh, well, I'll just give the audio, uh, I'll give the demonstration. There was a car seat in that back corner right there. <laughs> and there was a hospital just down the block right over there. Um, but wait, when I think about our listeners, and uh, I'm going to share another story with you in a second that, that really got me. Um, when I think of our listeners, they already know it. They know it's a blessing before it's a, before it's anything else. And I, from the time this started, I, I make a point of telling my kids, I was busy helping Poppy today mm-hmm. because that's what you do. And I didn't do it for a, any, any sort of currency or any sort of capital, uh, uh, not even, not, not even emotional capital. It's just, that's, if you have the opportunity, that's what you do. And uh, uh, a couple, boy, oh boy, a couple of things happen in our family. I, I don't mind sharing this. And I don't think my wife would mind sharing this either. Uh, a few years back, uh, my wife's mom passed, passed very suddenly, you know, within diagnosed on a, on a Friday, gone on a Monday. And when this started, I said to Susan, and, and, and the caregivers will understand this too. If I'm the person taking time out of my schedule to take my dad to an appointment, it's not just me doing that. My whole family's doing it. Mm-hmm. That means my wife has to be with the kids on her own. Any plans she had to do something uh, with the four of us, well, that's just going to be the three of them. And that means their kids are going to be without their dad for an hour or two. And, you know, which is, is important, but also more important for them to know this is what dads do. Yeah. Dads go take care of their, and maybe selfishly, the thing is, by the way, kid, you're going to be taking care of me one day. Don't forget it. Uh, who knows? You watch. you watch exactly what I'm doing and you do the same. But it's, exactly. right, it's a ripple effect, right? Like if you have to do something else, not only does everybody else have to pick up whatever, but I think it's also important for, you know, I have a four-year-old. It's also important for them to understand why you're not there. You know, you know, then they then they start learning that. I don't know if you know this, Sean, but our audience knows this, that my father in law is literally in process of moving in. My house is a disaster right now. (laughs) And I'm all about planning, pre-planning, plan again, plan this. And everybody knows that. And we did. And then what happened to him happens to many of my clients where you put the plan in place. The stress level alleviates a little bit because there's a plan in place on his end. I mean, ours as well, but on his end, because he was living, he's living alone in near Windsor, you know, dealing with everything. And then all of a sudden health fades because you're constantly, constantly, constantly doing something stressful. And then you let it go a little bit and then your health goes. And so now we're in a recon mission you know, coming up this weekend, again, this will be a bit delayed when people see this, but 
coming up this weekend, we're in a recon mission because we were ready in a couple of weeks to bring him. Now he's got to come now. So if he doesn't come now, we're afraid that things are going to get worse. So we're literally driving to him this weekend. And so, you know, I see this happening and I'm always so scared for some of our clients who don't plan because I know the plan's going to get messed up, but at least there's some kind of footing. Right. There's a foundation, a framework there that that you can rely on. Right. It's, you know, uh, best laid plans. Right. You know, you can do at least there's something there that that we can go back to. And it's basically in fast forward is basically what it is. The plan's still there. The things are still happening. Yeah. But his room wasn't ready and this bed's not here. And, you know, we haven't. Somebody's working on our basement. So all the stuff we had to move from there to the basement is is in my living room. Right. The four-year-old's, yeah, yeah. of course, home sick all week this week as well. Oh, We're filming podcasts. I'm working. You know, it's this is what our, you know, my life, your life, our viewers' life, this is what it is. And we're all just trying to get out of here alive, right? We're just trying to make the best and, and make sure that the people in our lives, our children understand what we're doing, our loved ones understand what we're doing so that they know they're cared for by us. It was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was talking about just being busy. And I hate to say that. And I got a buddy of mine who used to always say, we're always busy. Like you you say you're busy, you know, you're not busy. And at that point, I didn't have kids. I didn't have a a partner. And he said, oh, man, I'm busy. And he's like, buddy, you don't know busy, right? But uh, I think another friend of mine had said to me, he said, uh, it's an extraordinary time. You're just busy. And, And I said, you know what? It's not an extraordinary time. This is life. It's life, yeah. This is the the experience of being a son, of being a father, of being a partner, of being a neighbor, right? That this is what and you can make choice. We we make choices too. Like there, there's partway through, uh, early in this, I was boy, at the first beginning of this, we we were really well, dad needed a prescription and, you know, oh, I gotta, you know, I'll, I'll go and get that for him because I don't want him to be without a pill, the pill he needs. And then I'm at the drugstore and I'm talking to the pharmacist and he said, hey, you know, we have a delivery service. And I went, oh, let's do that right now. Right? <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, there was ways that I started to find and my sister was involved with talking with my parents about this too of finding other ways to get this done and changing things they've done for decades right changing things they've done their whole lives to now ordering online and it still gets there right so you know it is the human experience I I, we can call it extraordinary or we can call it what our uncles and aunts did a generation ago and our parents did a generation ago. And, you, you know, depending upon where they were geographically in relation to their parents. But the uh, uh, the interesting thing my wife had said when this started, and I said, you know, I, I'm, I got to take my dad for chemo tomorrow, whatever. And could you take care of this? And she said, wow, would I have loved the opportunity to have taken my mom to chemo, right? Because her mom's cancer came on very, very quick and it was very fatal very quickly. And, you know, you, you don't want to think of taking somebody to chemo as a positive experience. But if you're deprived of those days, 
right? Boy, would you know, you, you would jump at that chance now. You know, it did. It's a, it's an odd thing to think about, but but you know, she she would have jumped at that chance, and it's one of those reminders. Um, one of those reminders that you get every now and then when you're there going, well, it's a full day. And you, you know, you think back to that and you go, oh, there's some perspective. Well, there's always there's some perspective. There's always, you know, others that people mm-hmm. like look up to your life. And then there's you look up to someone else's and someone has what you don't and you have what they don't. And it's, you know, it's all relevant. And, and what you said about busy is, you know, I think it's relevant to your own personal boundaries, your own, um, you know, bandwidth. Busy is, you know, relative to your own bandwidth, really. And, you know, what your busy is might be different than my busy, but that doesn't mean we're not busy. And I also don't really like to say busy, right? Because it is relevant. So it's like, depends on who it is you're talking to. But there are days that you're like, oh my goodness, how do I even fit one more ounce <laughs> of anything in, right? And yeah. and those are the days too. And I talk to a lot of caregivers. You know, I know that it's hard, but I yep. you need to understand that you have to build in time for yourself, time Absolutely. to take care of yourself. I recently got back from a trip and Mike didn't come with me. And we were planning this trip together. And we decided all of a sudden that his dad was going to be moving in. We decided this a couple months ago and we had been talking about it, but then all of a sudden it just went fast forward. And he's like, I don't think it's good for me to go. And he's like, but you should. And I said, okay, husband, (laughs) I will go. Um, And my sister and I went. And the reason I went is because my cup was spilling. It was, there was just no room left between everything that was going on and not having a break since before I was pregnant, which is now four plus years, that's too long. And, you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to jump on a plane and go for a vacation, but the thing is what I realized was, is when I got there, I literally did nothing, nothing. I sat on a beach chair and did nothing. I didn't read a book. I didn't listen to a podcast. I looked at people. And you know me, Sean, I don't stop easily. Normally in an all-inclusive trip, I am bored to tears. You can ask my sister. She was shocked. Literally, that's how burnt out I was. And I said to Mike this morning, I don't know what I would have done had I not gone. Because this week, I just got back last week. This week, my whole life changed, right? In the split of a decision, it's like, okay, everything's in fast forward. My house is in shambles. I'm still doing my stuff. And that's, you know, a lot of people, like I said, you don't have to take a, you know, the vacation, you don't have to do the same things, but a lot of people aren't taking time to fit in, in their busy themselves. And it's such a epidemic for the people that we're dealing with, whether it's, yeah, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a adult caregiver whoever is the caregiver it doesn't matter the age it doesn't matter the responsibilities and i was just speaking with someone also about folks with dementia as well and we have this thing you know in the retirement homes it's really difficult to get short respite Mm. and that you know a week and under especially for someone who has high care or is a wander risk from dementia or has, you know, high care with dementia, you know, mm-hmm. wander risk or not. 
And, you know, it's, you know, there's this thing in the industry that is, you know, we don't want to, you know, move someone with dementia all the time because it really messes them up. Right. And, you know, it can be really fatal. And then I thought I was thinking about it yesterday because of a conversation I had. And it's like, but what about the caregiver who's caring for them? So when does that person get realized that, yes, things might not go smoothly to do a respite or to do whatever, to move them, the person who has dementia out of their environment to another environment that can care for them. It might not go smoothly, but what's the other alternative? Because that caregiver is about to burn out and they're begging for help. And the other alternative is honestly 24-hour care through home care, which is astronomically can be expensive. So, so speaking of that, you know, it, it's two, two things came to mind. Um, the caregiver piece, especially. And, and I've, ex- I've got a couple of friends who uh, recently lost somebody uh, in their lives. And after that, they have spent a very large time, I meant one who's going through it right now, a very large amount of time doing the administrative, uh, the, the, the closing the estate. And, and sometimes it's physical. They're, they're actually going and emptying houses uh, that, that were occupied for years and finding things from their childhood and whatever. Busy, we're, we're talking about busy, and I'm going to tell everybody, our listeners, about how when she says she's no good at stopping, I'll, I'll give you an example of Amy being no good at stopping. Um, when they go and they go through closing that estate up and physically getting rid of those boxes and giving whoever wants those things from, from that basement to whoever wants it and, and giving the rest to charity or whatever, it's like this very slow moving crane onto a building. Imagine going in slow motion. They're busy, 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 busy. They're going, they're going, they're going, they're going, and they're getting it done. And they're preoccupied, even at their work. Oh my goodness, I got to do this. I got to talk to the lawyer. I got to talk to the accountant. I got to talk to all these people. Then they're done. And it, it sometimes it takes years or, or, or months or whatever. But when they're done, and I've heard this time and again, they have a couple of days of, uh, of fatigue that, that, that manifests physically. They, they, they actually just need to sleep. And then the emotional gravity of what happened hits them. What they didn't deal with at the funeral because they were a bit distracted by, by the logistics of even that trip. You know, what they didn't deal with while they're putting all those things away. Emotionally, it, it catches up to them. And that scenario is no different from, uh, again, the human experience. You have, uh, uh, we we had, I know with our first one, we had, we had a very premature baby and it was pretty traumatic and my wife got really sick. I would say that her and I emotionally dealt with that probably by the time he hit two, right? You, it hits you then that, wait, we've just exhaled. Holy smokes, that was a crazy two years of no sleep. And oh, by the way, we didn't realize that we'd been in the hospital for a long time. And that kid was, you know, I, I could I could hold him with with his head here and his feet there. And they were they were over the moon if he if he actually drank 10 milligrams of milk. Wow, over the moon. You know, and, and, and you're dealing with with that. It, it 
we we uh, at work we, we help people with the financial side, but I'm I'm often there looking, and having done, experienced this so many times, I'm watching that crane in slow motion go, and I'm trying to figure out where it is and hoping that, hmm, how do I put this? I'm always hoping it hits them really softly. Well, and you're also I think. Again, you and I are very similar. I'm hoping as a professional, because I watch the same crane, I'm hoping yeah. that as a professional, I can do or say something that softens that blow. Because the other thing that happens, for me specifically, but I've definitely heard it from my other caregivers, is that when you exhale and you take that breath, not only does the emotional get you, most, many, I guess, many people, including myself, get physically sick. I get, I get a cold, I get a flu and I'm out. And it's like, I think that that's one of the reasons why I run on high, because when I'm running on high, I tend to get sick less. My stress levels way oh. up here, yeah. but when I relax it, I get sick and then everybody's doing their thing. Like I'm the mom. Right. And so like, I take care of four animals, a toddler, a husband, and then yeah. Often when I get sick, Eva also gets sick. So then there's no downtime. Or if I get sick, then Mike's also sick. And there's never just me sick in the house, it seems. And so if I can run on high, then I tend not to get sick as easily. But that's also what I'm trying to change in my life. Because I need to, I'm learning how to run on medium and try not to hit the highs. Because if I can run on medium, everything else goes a little bit smoother. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're dead on. And, you know, you think back to when we went to school and I remember going uh, home for Christmas after exams and, you know, uh, honestly having a day of being on my dad's recliner couch, just kind of, <laughs> I, I was beached there for a day and then I would get sick. I'd almost always get sick and you could blame it on, oh, well, he took the Greyhound bus and must have caught something there or he did this or he did that, whatever. I was stressed. I was very, it, it's a it's a run as fast as you can to a brick wall because yeah. you're just done. And then, oh, we're done. And then your body kind of goes, all right, buddy, you've been mistreating me for the last three weeks. My turn. And, and it makes you punish it. But I want to share with your audience uh, an observation, early observation about Amy running. She She's like a lawnmower engine where you can't fix the choke. It's just always, it's always all the time. And uh, we do a charity with, with the good companions uh, and Monique, the wonderful Monique Doolittle, Ramos and, and the wonderful Nikki and Nicole and the whole team there. And it's back before the pandemic, uh, we used to have a physical fundraiser which was for me, I had the most fun of the year because we would look around uh, and this is the way it would always go, by the way. Okay, we're going to get these sponsors. We're going to do this and that and whatever. And it's, again, you're running to a finish line Christmas, which is busy for most companies. So I would say, yeah, you know, I'll I'll try to get around that, but we're probably kind of swamped at work. And then Amy would show up one day going, yeah, I sold half our tables. And we got the sponsors. Don't worry about it. It's good, right? She would say she saved the day numerous, numerous times, especially since the pandemic, which uh, uh, on a personal level, there's not enough I can say about Amy. Uh, this would not exist. That This fundraiser would not exist. And, and the fundraiser, by the way, what we do is we raise money to buy seniors who are isolated in the Ottawa area a Christmas present. 
And I've I've helped and I brought my kids to deliver some of those presents. And I've seen it's the only present they get. The people who we get gifts for, it's the only gift under their tree that Christmas. Uh, uh, and so Amy is... You know, it's she. She contributes more than anybody else. I, I, I don't mind saying that her contributions, uh, but here nor there. When we're having the fundraiser, uh, I'm often MP, uh, emceeing it, and uh, I'm very kind of like I am now. You know, we're just having a conversation, the microphone, having fun. There might be a drink in my hand. There might be I'm going around kind of talking to people, whatever. An email come up to me and go, Sean, the music's too loud. People can't hear it. <laughs> and I go, they can't hear each other talking, and they're going, oh, that's a tough problem to have, Amy. Uh, I guess we'll have to uh, talk to somebody about that. And she goes, yeah, we got to get on. And I go, oh, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'll get on. <laughs> right? And th- th- there's Amy's urgency, and I'm there going, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> right now. And then I, I walk over, and I go, good. Can we turn the music down a second? And I go, Amy. And she goes, what? And I go, and she goes, okay, thanks. <laughs> and that's that's the that's the Amy Sean dynamic at, at the at the fundraiser that works works for us. But when when she says she's running on high, that also makes her a very effective person in the marketplace. And I, I know a company who uh, at one point um, she had told me that they weren't following up with, with leads that they were providing. Not that company that, that I had approached uh, that she had told me. And I went, there's an effective entrepreneur uh, or caregiver even to her clients in that um, she is pursuing their wellness beyond what she gets compensated for. Because that lead that she provided that that organization with was something you were not going to receive any any remuner- new, sorry remuneration for, uh, but maybe you would receive some emotional re- remuneration for. It. I could have worked in that way. We're going to pause today and continue this conversation next week, as not to overwhelm our viewers. I hope that you found value in what we've been talking today, and that you can like and share with your networks. A lot of caregivers just want to know that they're doing an all right job and that everybody else has very similar experiences and that there is help out there. So from me to all of you, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday.